John F. J. Stratton of the Office of Naval Intelligence was the first director of the UAP task force and a career intelligence officer who pushed for the use of the term UAP. Jay Stratton undoubtedly knows more about reported UFO sightings in the US from 2008 until 2021 than anyone else. As an intelligence officer with over 32 years of experience in a variety of federal and military national security positions, he was tasked with briefing the government after gathering a collection of videos and photos of unidentified objects taken by the military. But was he just another UAP frontman for the government, distracting the public from what is really going on, or someone dedicated to finding the truth behind the reports and obfuscation? Join myself and Neil here on Aliens Explored as we discuss the life and work of John F. Stratton. Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Aliens Explored, your weekly podcast looking at uh, all those mysterious UFOs, UAPs, identified flying objects and um, and all the people involved in their study in various ways. I'm one of your hosts, Neil Kelly. And I am your other host, Stu Jackson. How are you doing, Neil? Yeah, yeah, good, good. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, really good, really good. Still still coming down from uh, from being away at that Star Trek convention but also <laughs> gearing up for going camping this weekend okay where where are we you have, going uh, down to Kent it, it's where I normally go camping um, so at the time of recording this we are just coming up towards bank holiday weekend at the end of August mm-hmm. uh, so yeah it's a long weekend I haven't been camping yet this year so okay. why not? Why not? Indeed. Yeah. Has it got all mod cons at the campsite? It's got a swimming pool and entertainment, no. and that's it's just it's literally a farmer's it's field. A field. That's exactly what it is. He's got a tap in there. Uh, he has a portal, although I take my own facilities. Mm-hmm. Where that's concerned. Oh, cool. So yeah, just literally need some water, and I'm good. Your your own facilities being a, a fast food container. Uh, no, no I've, got a, I've, I've got a proper 
I mean, this is, I don't know if this is an appropriate conversation for the podcast, but I've, I've got a proper flushing toilet wow. that I go camping with. Yeah, yeah. Blimey. That is impressive. I've got a battery-operated shower. I just wow. dunk one end in a bucket of, hopefully, warm water. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it pumps it up through a shower head. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And a yeah. decent-sized tent, tent you can... Or is it, like, crawl into and lie down? <laughs> well, I've actually got three tents, but the one I use mainly, it... Uh, so, so I drive a Land Rover Discovery. Hmm. And uh, what I do, I, I by folding the seats down, I actually make the back into, like, a camper van, and then I've got this tent that fits over the back of the Land Rover, and, and it, it's called a tailgate tent, and it's this huge, massive room that sort of comes off the back of the wow uh, the Land Rover. It's a proper, yeah, yeah, I don't skimp. You don't? Like no, and this, this like can be the, Is this something you just took up when you got the Land Rover and realised the potential, or did you no, camp in I, I loved camping for a long time. I only got the uh, tailgate tent last year. Um, okay. I, 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 I can't remember how. I, I didn't even know they existed, and I mm. happened across one. Um, oh, that's right. I was I was thinking about using the Land Rover as a camper van. I was thinking, oh, it'd be really good if I find a way of fitting the tent over the back of it. And mm. I started looking on Google, and oh, it turns out these things already exist. So, <laughs> yes, here, take my you, money. <laughs> you didn't have to make your own. Well, oh, this sounds like camping in style. Yes. Nice. Yes. If you're going to camp, go camp full. Mm. Anyway, moving really on very swiftly from that. <laughs> moving on very... How do we seek into our... We talked about the people involved in looking at UFOs, IFOs, UAPs. And um, today we're going to talk about a certain um, John F. Stratton, known to his friends as Jay. Yes. Or known to everyone as Jay, I think. <laughs> known to yeah. his enemies as Jay. So this is a really <laughs> senior guy... Um, mm-hmm. works at the Office of Naval Intelligence. He's a senior analyst at the Nimitz Operational Intelligence Centre. Um, he's, yes. he's pretty high-ranking, isn't he? He's, um, he's, he's, he's somewhere close to being an admiral or something. Um, I'm not sure of his rank, I'll be honest. Uh, I know he's very, very highly regarded. Hmm. He's, um, yeah, he, he, he's certainly very senior. Um, and yeah, in the in the intelligence community, naval intelligence community, hmm. um, and of course his connection with UFOs or UAPs rather um, is he has worked on three official that we know of UA, UAP or UFO programs between two thousand and eight and twenty twenty one. Hmm. So. So he was uh, he was working on these things when the Pentagon uh, Pentagon confirmed that uh, Tic Tac Go Fast when these these three videos Tumblr um, when they all but they were leaked initially and then the Pentagon hmm. just said yeah they're real uh, that was in 2017 so he was uh, he was very involved right there at the front end. Ooh. And he's so, got a sidekick, hasn't he? A, a scientist called um, 
called uh, Taylor. Is it Travis Taylor? Taylor Travis. Travis Taylor. Oh. Travis Taylor. Doctor Travis Taylor. Yes. Doctor Taylor. Yes. Who's a, a double PhD? So. Check out the yep. brain on Dr. Travis Taylor. So, Dr. Dr. Travis Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> now, Travis Taylor might be familiar to uh, some of our listeners who watch The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. He's mm. the scientific expert that's been brought in there on that. Uh, it, it's a show on history, um, on the History Channel, that... Uh, They've been running all sorts of experiments. They're into the fourth season. Now, in America, the fourth season of uh, Secret Skinwalker Ranch has, has dropped. In fact, mm. they've gone right the way through the fourth season. Now, we're still waiting for the fourth season here in the UK, damn it. First three seasons <laughs> were really interesting. Um, but yeah, they're, they're running all kinds of experiments. He's big on rocketry as well, is uh, Dr. Taylor. Okay. Likes rocket. Likes launching rockets. <laughs> Uh, Sounds like yes. a fun guy. Yeah, so him and uh, and and John Stratton, um, yeah, work very closely together. Uh, in fact, I think uh, John Stratton had some involvement with Skinwalker Crunch when it was owned by Bigelow. Didn't they attract some ridicule for their involvement in Skinwalker Ranch, alleging that these portals were opening up and creatures looking like um, well werewolves or creatures looking like the Predator from the Predator movies coming through. Well, as as we have experienced, Neil, um, <clears throat> anyone involved in ufology attracts ridicule. Hmm. Now, some would say these are active debunkers who are perhaps even paid to, uh, uh, to, to ridicule people. Um, I don't know. I just think some people are just unpleasant. Um... But yeah, I, I, it doesn't surprise me. Any anyone, anyone who mm. researches uh, ufology in a serious manner is going to be ridiculed. That's just par for the cost. Look at the attacks mm. that have been made on David Grush, for example. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's just par for the course. Sadly, even the age we live in, where. UFOs, UAPs are being taken seriously across governments. There are still people out there as soon as you say, well, there's something about all this. Ah, you must mm. be nuts. It's all woo-woo or, you know, mm. other other types of things. Heard a saying once, uh, the mind is like a parachute. If it isn't open, it doesn't work. Yeah. I like that one. Oh, there was a song by Magazine, wasn't it? That my mind ain't so open that anything could crawl right in. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. There is that. that. There is that. Then, yeah, you need a filter some, of some kind. <laughs> yes, but uh, you have to be careful not to have a mind like concrete, all mixed hmm. up and set. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm always dubious when someone seems very, very eager for you to believe or disbelieve something. They're not just presenting their case and saying, well, I think this because of this. They actually, re and get quite aggressive, actually really want you to believe something or not believe it. And that's when I get suspicious about it. I think, yeah, there's an ulterior motive going on here. 
So slight digression now on a genuine question this because mm-hmm. I know how heated I can get. Do I ever come across like that to you? No, I don't I don't think so. Um not with the same level of aggression that, that someone who wants to persuade who who wants to believe that um for instance global warming isn't human made and therefore there's nothing we can do about it and the day of judgment is at hand and you know we're all going to die and there's nothing we can do and they but they they seem to really want that to be the truth mm. so they really want there to be no hope yeah and i don't understand why why they get I, that into I, I sort of can because um if if a task or a situation seems so incredibly daunting that it it mm. it, it, it can just pondering it can be harmful to some people's mm. mental health the idea that well there's just nothing that can be done about it so that's it mm. it's actually better for their mental health maybe yeah they can't they can't cope with it but you know i'm yeah. sure many of our listeners know people who no matter what evidence you present them with of something they're going to say it's all fake it's propaganda it's mm. it's it's yeah, yeah whatever and then when you say well you know there's no evidence for your for your point of view and they're gonna say oh well that's because all the people who really know what's going on have been cancelled and all their all their evidence has been censored and really i mean where did how did you get to that point where you decide that (laughs) that, you you know all of our doctors and scientists are engaged in some sort of left-wing conspiracy uh yes I'm, i'm sure we have listeners who believe that you believe that climate change isn't a real thing. It's it's a hoax made up by certain scientists that, that COVID wasn't real. Well, that, that one always I find a bit startling because um, the idea that COVID was some sort of hoax would mean that all these governments of the world that can't agree what day of the week it is, mm. let alone anything else, were all colluding and keeping yeah. this in no, no, no because no. there's these, these left wing elites who are who together. are who are working behind the scenes and and really run the world and they can they can make them unite on something and it really is but it, you you can't have conversations with people like that because they're never going to believe they're never going to accept anything you say they're never going to accept any evidence you give and um, their lack of evidence will just be taken as proof that it's been suppressed so yeah you yeah. can't really move on well i can absolutely assure any listeners that if the left-wing elite were in control in this country boris johnson would not have happened Mm. (laughs) there's no way i'm sure they will find a way that they will find all sorts of ways of arguing around it these left-wing corporations these left-wing oil companies they all planned it you know that yeah it's Anyway, so we're talking about John F. Stratton. Yeah. Now, I'm looking at um, one of the the chief um, sources of nonsense news and and conspiracy theories, the Daily Mail, the Mail Online. Our good friend, the Daily Mail. A very um, untrustworthy source. But they, Mm -hmm. they they, they published an exclusive a little while back, and... When was it? August the 22nd. Oh, Tuesday. So 
<laughs> yesterday. Yesterday. As we're recording. Um, Ex-UFO <laughs> chiefs claim their Pentagon bosses misled Congress by claiming a swarm of mysterious objects that buzzed around Navy ships in 2019 were mere drones, not a national security threat. Mm. Have you read about these incidents? I have not. Like you say, this is breaking news as of yesterday, and uh, hmm. I must admit, I'm, I've, I've not seen this yet. So where does where does John Stratton come into that? Um, he was saying they they haven't been able to identify these things. I mean, obviously, their concern was that a competitor like Russia or China had made great advances in battery technology that would now enable their drones to fly across the Pacific and buzz a US naval fleet while it's conducting exercises not far off the, the American coast. Um, they couldn't um, they couldn't bring any of these these drones down and, and it went on for quite a long time. Um, a whole load of incidents involving multiple drones buzzing on March the 30th. 2019, USS Harper's Ferry reports as many as eight unknown drones flying directly over the ship at an altitude of about 500 feet, conducting collection operations. April 24th, USS Zumwalt identifies six drones flying overhead in a consistent pattern that did not alter, alter course, speed or altitude. And it goes on all the way through to 30th of July, the USS Russell sees two groups of lights containing five drones over a period of about three hours. Um, now, there were some nearby pleasure craft they thought they might have come from. They they, they, they did identify on, on July the 21st, um, USS Paul Hamilton again reports drones overhead, but this time they believe them to be local fishermen operating personal quadcopters. But, um, okay. yeah, they, they didn't... Um, I, I don't know what... Th- what the immediate action is if you're conducting a, an exercise and drones suddenly start, suddenly start flying overhead do you shoot them and you don't know whose they are do you just shoot them down would that be you're not killing anyone I don't know I honestly don't know I would have thought you'd, you'd want confirmation of what they are first before firing anything but just just so I understand this story correctly mm. um, just to, to, to kind of get to the the bones of it so John Stratton has said the government is basically misleading people hmm. by saying that these are drones. That, yeah. Is this what John Stratton has said? Um, he spoke about UFO sightings at AlienCon, um, and he said their investigation left them fearing that Russia or China could have incredible drone technology and that it was a national security threat. But their Pentagon bosses played the whole thing down to Congress and said, yeah, they're, they're just they're just some drones that we saw. Um, so they, they went to right. alien.com and you know, um, Jay Stratton and Travis Taylor, um, they spilled the secrets of their official probe into a swarm of objects that buzzed around a fleet of eight Navy ships off the West Coast in July 2019. Right. Um, Interesting. I need to look into that one then. Yeah. Uh, but as I say, I think they're still that. looking at these were unknown drones. They 
you know, someone suggested, well, maybe they came from a nearby submarine. They were launched for that, and uh, to which he replied, well, then, if, if a, a, an enemy submarine was able to get that close, then my entire life, my entire career has been a failure. <laughs> well, I mean, certainly Jay Stratton, he, he would know his stuff, so, so to hmm. kind of look over his ufo related career um hmm. he was part of orsap originally that's the advanced aerospace weapon systems application program mm-hmm. which is quite a mouthful um which then became atip uh, which was associated very heavily, of course, with Luis Elizondo. That's the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the one that Bigelow was heavily involved with as well, uh, following a member of Congress's visit to Skinwalker Ranch and looking at his his research there, which is now um, top secret stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he, as I understand it, Jay Stratton basically formed the UAP task force. And and he's the man basically responsible for putting UAP into common usage. It, I think it's been used like basically since the 1950s in certain circles. Um, but in public usage, and we've got Jay Stratton to... Uh, uh, to thank for that, I, I thought he. I thought I read somewhere he actually coined the term UAP. No, no, it, it, he didn't. It's he been, didn't no, it's been in usage for a long, long time. Long, but time. he used it Just publicly enough. Certain, yeah, only in certain hmm. circles. Now, maybe I mean this is this is a pure speculative theory that has just popped into my head mm-hmm. maybe uap was originally used in certain briefings and records so that people wouldn't know it was ufos they were being talked about or the, the leap that they would make that as soon as you say ufo they think alien spaceship rather than Flying just something source. up in the sky yeah. that you can't identify yes yes Yes, you say UFO, people think flying saucer. You know, like mm. the one behind your head. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the immediate uh, image that comes to people's minds. Mm. Um, Little green course, man. Yeah, UFO just means we don't know what it is. It's in mm. the sky. It's a thing. Mm. That's as much as we know. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But in terms of driving publicity... Um, and and bringing the the public's awareness of the let's call it the UAP phenomenon. Hmm. Um, yeah, Jay Stratton has uh, has has made some massive massive inroads. But interestingly, about the uh, the UAP task force. So they while whilst whilst he was uh, involved. They looked at 144 UAP reports and mm-hmm. investigated them. Of those 144, I'm going to see... I mean, you might have actually read this information, so... Mm. But I'm going to ask you to guess, or guesstimate, how many of those were explained? 
And how of many 144? Explained? Out of 144. Um, I'm guessing it's fewer than 143. But um, uh, that have been explained. Yeah. Um, it is less than explained. 143. It's okay. been explained. Uh, this is a wild guess. A hundred, maybe? Go for it. Go for it. A hundred. hundred unexplained. No, a hundred explained. You're off by 99. Oh, a hundred unexplained. Yeah. No, 143 unexplained. Well. Of 144 UAP reports that they investigated, they were only able to explain one. Hmm. That's really... <laughs> really telling, isn't it? Um, it is, but I guess you're you're kind of dealing with it after the fact, aren't you? Someone's seen something in the sky, they report mm-hmm. it. By the time you get there, it's gone. So you just got to kind of think, well, what could it be? Look up our records. Was it anything of ours? Did our radar pick up anything? Um, yeah, you're kind of just trying to follow up a, a pretty cold trail. You've got radar records, you've got um, obviously military vehicle hmm. movements, you've got um, commercial vehicle movements, you've got private vehicle movements. Hmm. All these are all recorded and available, certainly to the military, certainly to someone of Jay Stratton's level in the military. In addition to that, you've got satellite movements, you've got astron- uh, astronomical Records like, you know, is Jupiter particularly big in the sky and is that what's being reported? That has happened. Mm. Uh, where, you know, yeah, they, they've like reported the moon. large in the sky. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm holding my hands out like I'm holding a beach yeah. ball. It doesn't get that big, but <laughs> you know what I mean? People have misidentified Jupiter as being a UFO. That, mm. that happens. Um, so. Yeah, they can they can look back at all of that. Um, yes, as you rightly say, you've got radar records. Uh, you've got meteorological records. You know, was it a cloudy night? Was it a clear night? Was there any um, lightning going on? Because ball plasma is a thing. Hmm. Investigations are not just simply, oh, well, someone's reported it. Do we think they were telling the truth? Um, well- it it comes down to that, doesn't it? When you, you go through all your records, all your available data, and you can't see anything that supports their testimony, that, that what they say they saw. And so in the end, that's all you've got, really. I saw this thing and... Well, I think these days, more and more you've got things like video footage. Um, mm. And so I, I'm, I'm going to sort of caveat the, this whole of 144... Um, incidents investigated I think there was probably a preliminary sorting out of like well what can we easily identify okay a triage yeah they they live near an airport Mm. okay that's let's just rule that out so I think yeah there was probably an initial um, filtering of what reports are we going to properly investigate now it's going to of course sway it somewhat that uh, it's going to be more unexplained but still that is after a thorough investigation by the military 
143 out of 144 remain unexplained. Mm. That's, a, that's a hell of a lot. But again, just testimony that they couldn't find any any evidence for. That they couldn't explain. Yeah. And, and bear in mind, people's mental states, um, if somebody has a history of... Um. Uh, oh, oh, what's the word when you um, see things that aren't there? Um, hallucinating and yeah. hallucinating. Thank you. Uh, but if someone has medical conditions that cause hallucinations, mm. for example, that would be an explanation. Uh, you know, I saw a UFO mm. and it looked just like the inside of a cataract. Well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Get your eyes checked. Um, mm. <laughs> so, yeah, he, I think it does go beyond just, well, we have to take them at their word. Um, n- no, you don't. And if it remains unexplained, then, yeah. But then it is just that. It's just unexplained. Someone reported something and you can't think what that might have been. You've got their description no. of it. No. You've got nothing in your records that, that shows that there was anything actually there. Mm. Um, yeah. <coughs> or you, or you do have something in the records that show that something was there, but you, nothing in the records to explain what it was. Now that that's more compelling, isn't it? That your radar record picked yeah. up something that shouldn't have been there, that was substantial, that it was more than just um, a light aircraft, a model aeroplane, or a drone flying somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That it was moving at speed, that it was performing in ways that drones and aircraft can't. Um, it yeah, happens. People testify to those kinds of things, don't they? And, and yeah, it's very hard to. I know it's hard to prove a negative. You can't say, "Well, no, you never saw anything." And I can prove it. You can't. I can't prove you never saw anything, but I can show you that. You know, of all our data that we've taken from that area at that time, when you reported it, there's nothing. Mm. Nothing that could have possibly matched what you saw. Yeah. And again, well, I mean, that's where that's where people like Jay get worried because um, their focus on the drones was that this was some sort of advanced system being operated by a terrestrial competitor. Mm-hmm. He doesn't once mention. Um, well, he, I mean, they went to they went to the Russell UFO um, investigation talk at Alien AlienCon, um, but they didn't. They, they're not suggested. They the, what they were concerned about was that their boss testified to Congress that it was nothing to worry about. Oh yeah, these are just drones. Um, and that nobody from Congress said, well, you know, where did these drones come from? How did they get there? I think so, that's very, very relevant to the uh, the ufology discussion. Hmm. Uh, because it shows a pattern of behaviour in members of Congress. That they'll be given a simple explanation and they're not even scratching at the surface of it. And the same thing will happen with, hmm. let's say, more 
more bizarre cases, more mm. unexplainable cases, they'll be oh, well, it's probably just drones. Oh, well, that's all right then. You know, mm. and, and no investigation, no further investigation will take place. Especially as one particular group of drones, they were able to identify it as quadrocopters being operated by local fishermen looking for shoals of fish, I guess. Um, and just happened to fly into the middle of a naval exercise. I mean, I don't see how you can do that. Well, maybe wow. their security is lax. I remember once uh, I was in San Diego and we were taken on this jolly, we were taken on this yacht and we sailed back into San Diego Harbour and there were these three submarines parked up. There was a, a Trident missile submarine and two smaller hunter-killers parked up beside it and we sailed right up to them and I thought I could I could easily jump down from the deck of this yacht onto one of those submarines. I wonder what would happen if I did. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I mean, I wasn't curious enough to actually do it. No. Because I, I thought that could be really serious. You know, unauthorised boarding of a, of a nuclear missile submarine. Um, but yeah, that I, I was amazed how close you could get to something like that. Yeah. Just goes to show uh, going up and uh, affixing a magnetic explosive device to the hull mm. probably wouldn't have been difficult from from that description. Yeah, I don't I don't know what kinds of safeguards they've got in there to to stop a diver going yeah. down. And... Exactly. One of my um, uh, one of my weirder acting jobs that I do. I know you've you've hmm. uh, we've talked about this off air before. Uh, but our listeners might be interested. I, I do um, terrorist threat replication for the government. Uh, so basically, you go onto a site and you work out. Well, if I was going to uh, commit mass murders or blow this building up or whatever, how, what would be the best way of doing? Mm. What would be the best way of going about it? And you conduct actual reconnaissance uh, on on site it's uh really really interesting obviously i can't talk about any of the jobs that i've actually yeah, done but that hostile threat replication mm. um it, it it gives you a certain mindset so instantly you're saying about this well we could get right up next to this this yeah. nuclear submarine well yeah okay straight away i can think of like a dozen things <laughs> that you could do potentially do to it um because you get into that mindset um mm. anyway <laughs> This is all to prevent these things from happening, listeners. Just so you are absolutely clear. Of course, clear. yeah. Um, and I'm not, you know, <laughs> it's not a job I do luckily. Let mm. me do it that way. Um, but yeah, it's so. Anyway, we've digressed uh, as we often do. So, Jay Strat, I, I think, I think he's an, an, an incredibly important person in ufology, mainly because he has. He's pushed the envelope. He's he's pushed the boundaries of public and conversation about mm. UAPs and UFOs, and he's he's basically paved the way for people like Dave David Grush to to come forward um, by legitimising it by making it a public discussion. Um, yeah, we wouldn't be in the in the. I, I've said it before, you know, we are in disclosure right now. People think, I, dis, talk about disclosure as a binary 
one day we'll wake up and the governments will all admit, yes, Roswell happened and, you know, yes, we've been in communication with aliens for, like, decades. No, that's not how disclosure will happen. Mm. It's a gradual process. We're right in quite an important moment of it, I feel. Yeah, I'm not sure I do. Um, David Grush, he, he seemed eager to convince... Um, and he would always fall back on, well, you know, when, whenever asked, how do you know this? Oh, well, someone told me. Well, who told you? Oh, I can't tell you that. It's a secret. Um, there was too much of that for him to be credible to me. Well, he, he, was, <laughs> he, he was doing it properly. This is the thing. He mm. was telling you what he was authorised by law. But, you know, bear in mind, his job is to keep a lot of secrets... There are things he can discuss and things he can't discuss. And he was very careful to get clearance to discuss the things he discussed. And, yeah, when it went beyond that, he mm. he answered correctly. But but for me, it all just came down to, well, if you knew what I knew, but I, I can't tell you, you know, that, that's what made me think, yeah, OK. But how else, what else should he have done? Well, either either tell us or don't tell us. You know, no, I don't see the point of testifying position. to Congress that you've got second-hand information that someone's told you, but you can't say who told you because that's classified, and you can't even tell them the whole of what they told you. Thinking, why are you wasting our time with this? Well, it it was more than just hearsay because he himself testified that he had seen the evidence. You know, photographic evidence and and things of that nature. He had seen reports from reverse engineering programs, th- things of that nature. Um, those are the things he had witnessed, and he believed, uh, and this is what what this this hearing came down to. He believed that these things should be made public, and that's what he was pushing for. But disclosure will be when the government decides these things should be made public, isn't it? Isn't it? Like I say, disclosure is not a it's, it's mm. not a black and white thing. It's ramped. It's it's a sliding scale. We're we're headed, we're, we're in it. We're mm. we're in the process. Anyway, <laughs> we've we've gone on a bit. So uh, so listeners, let us know what you think about John F. J. Stratton. Uh, is he the pioneer that I'm claiming he is? Um, is he? How would you describe him, Neil? Um, a, a very senior, high-ranking official. Um, very, very, very noted, very credited. Lots of lots of titles and awards and diplomas to his name. And uh, from the article I read, his his nose is a bit out of joint. That. His boss has gone to testify to Congress saying something that, no, that's not what we agreed. Um, that's what I think. Okay, but he or was, is he someone with a grudge? <laughs> yeah, as someone who was Act concerned about a terrestri- a real terrestrial threat and his boss has just gone and played it down. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Well, mm. whatever you think of him, listeners, we want to hear... What your thoughts on John Stratton are. So you can let us know via the usual means. You can email us aliensexplored at gmail.com or contact us through Facebook, through Twitter or X as it is now. 
Ugh. Musk. Appalling. Anyway, <laughs> um... <laughs> Expressing my opinion mm-hmm. right there. Uh, or, of course, our favourite our favorite way for you to get in touch is for you to sign up for our Patreon and then you get exclusive access to our Discord server. And uh, you can chat through that with us and with like-minded people. So uh, we do recommend that. Links to all that are below, as ever, in the description. Um... Join us next time, though, when we'll be going back and looking at the ancient Bolivian site of Pumapunku. And it's Pumapunku. very precision engineering. Hmm. Catch you next time. Bye-bye. Take care. Oh, and uh, keep watching the skies. Oh, yeah, don't, don't forget to watch the skies. <laughs> 